What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, the Gold Diggers Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. She's Michelle Maduke from NFL.com and the Ball Blast Football Podcast. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. We're recording this on a Thursday night instead of Friday morning. So yeah. instead of being tired with my mimosa, I get to be wide awake and like wired with my yes. mimosa. Different, Look, right? Training camp is back. There are things to be excited about. I've seen 49ers players and quarterbacks throw on the field. I am so happy that we are back. We're going to get to Brock Purdy's first practice. I have some serious questions already about what the hell Kyle Shanahan is doing. We'll touch on Debo. We'll touch on Drake Jackson. We have a lot of things we want to hit on. But before we get rolling, I want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel. And please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Football Podcast. If you do, we have said, we will read it on the show. And Michelle will cheers you because mimosa michelle has a mimosa she's ready to go so let's get to this one this comes from natarado 13 five stars subject best part of my day as a longtime 49ers fan who has listened to many forms of sports talk this has become by far my favorite i found this hidden gem when it was a niners nation pod when it became a common bond between my family and i we were all sad to see that end but all jumped on board with the gold standard network I may not always agree with everything Rob says, but I've grown to greatly appreciate his honest reviews and willingness to admit when he was wrong. Michelle's fantasy advice and betting lines have definitely helped me make a few bucks. So Fridays are always a must. Keep up the great work. P.S. We love the rest of the gang just as much. Cheers to that. Love making a few bucks, too. So I I love hearing that. Thank you. Thank you. Please keep the reviews coming. They really do help us. They help people find us. That's really important if you want the show to keep going. So please keep leaving your reviews and we will keep reading them. Okay, here we go. Let's get right into it. Brock Purdy is back and that's obviously good. I do think it's a little weird that like Mayoko and Jennifer Lee Chan and people are acting like Brock. Purdy is back. The 10 time all pro has returned. No, he's a 23 year old rookie with five regular season games of starting experience. Like, let's not act like this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming back from injury. It's just Brock Purdy. Like, let's calm down here a little bit. Okay, I understand why people, people are excited, right? Like he was the best of the bunch last year and he saved the season and he went on and he looked really good. In a lot of games, he was exciting to watch. He He's cute. He's personable. Like he's easy to root for. I mean, it's easier to root for a cute face. I don't know what to tell you, man or woman. I just feel like no matter who you are, when you see a cute person, it's hard to root against them as much as if they were ugly. You it know? never hurts to be good looking. No, it never does. But I, so I understand why people are, are excited. And if he is the Brock Purdy of last year that we saw, and he's able to grow on that, this is something to be extremely excited about. But we don't know yet if Brock Purdy is even as good as he was last year after this elbow injury and after not being able to really grow upon his first season if last year was a fluke, like that could have happened as well, where he just got thrown in and everything just worked out his way on an amazing team and things could fall apart in a second season, or, you know, maybe it all 
doesn't work out, maybe it all does work out. We just don't have the answers yet. But I, I do think it's something to be excited about. I get that if you're excited, that's fine. But like the way he's being talked about sometimes, I feel like people are acting like he's a lot more of a sure thing than he actually is. I don't want to give specific numbers about Brock's first return to practice. And here's why you can't trust the numbers. Everybody's got different numbers. There's a well, lot they're of not stuff. wearing pads. So who cares? Right. They don't have pads until next week, but like, Perfect example of this. Let me share my screen really quick if you're watching on YouTube. This is literally back-to-back -back tweets in my feed from earlier today. Jennifer Lee Chan. Brock Purdy looked like he didn't skip a beat, taking the normal amount of first-team reps. The next tweet is from Spreadsheet. Brock Purdy was very rusty in his return to the practice field. It's literally back-to-back -back tweets. So we're getting conflicting information from everybody. So I don't really care specifically if he was 3 of 10 with an interception or 2 of 8 or 4 of 9. I'm not going to get hung up on that stuff. But what I will say is I look at the reps, and we've got Brock Purdy with 21 reps. That's first-team reps. That's obviously a very high number. He's got some rust to work off. In fact, as a matter of fact, he said it after the practice. Here's Brock. Some rust I still got to knock off. You know, I haven't, I didn't get any, obviously, reps and OTAs or anything like that with 11 on 11, 7 on 7, whatever. Um, just the pace of the game, seeing a defense, dropping back, going through reads. So um, today it was good just to get out there, you know, go through some reads and stuff, let it rip. Um, obviously, I had the interception, but, you know, that's something I'm going to just go in the film room, learn from it, and get on the same page with BA and, and uh, continue to grow. And so, um, yeah, more than anything, I was just excited to be able to get live reps. And that's why I'm not going to freak out about like what his actual numbers were. He was back out there, and that's the most important thing. There is no reason to freak out. It's a day two of training camp. Like, yep. So it doesn't matter which day it is. If it's just one day, it doesn't really matter in training camp. But I will say when it comes to that first tweet you just showed about him not skipping a beat, then that confuses me when our own Grant Cohn, you know, he gave a review of practice and said the good and the bad. It was a really good article, but he said Trevarius Ward struggled in practice today. He got burned twice, once by Juwan Jennings and once by Debo Samuel. But he added that each time Brock Purdy overthrew the pass to wide open receivers. Again, he is coming off not playing with these guys for what, nine months now, or I guess seven months now. And it's going to take some time and to knock off the rust, but it's kind of silly to say he's looking just like his old self. If he overthrew <laughs> two wide open plays that should have been long plays. Like, and also you would think you would remember those plays. Cause it's like, Oh my God, look, a guy's wide open deep. Like this is going to be great. And then it's like, Oh, overthrown. And then it happens again. Listen, it does not matter if over the next couple of weeks, he knocks off that rust and gets back to normal. But if he continues to do this, this does then become a story because I was saying to you, if he completed one of those passes today, that would have been all over Twitter. And you know yep. what people would have said? Who cares? They're wearing shorts. Like imagine if he didn't complete this, right? But he didn't complete it, right? So I, why do we act like it doesn't matter when they do complete it? But then it also doesn't matter when they don't complete it. One of them has to matter. I think that what matters is how he looks throughout the full picture of camp, how he progresses yeah. through the camp. Like you're saying, any one good day, bad day, whatever. But if he's still doing this at the end of camp, then you can be worried a little bit because that, to me, was the, the greatest strength that Brock brought to the offense last year was that he hit the open guy consistently. In fact, I can 
barely remember him not hitting the open guy. That with Jimmy Garoppolo, it was like, hey, this guy's wide open. Who knows if he can get him the ball? Brock did not have that problem. So as long as he can get back to that, he'll be okay. If he doesn't, like you said, and he keeps missing guys, that is a problem. And I don't care what you know he says about how good he's feeling and all that stuff. We don't know until he actually does it. And we're going to find out. And he was actually asked after practice, does he have any physical restrictions after the surgery? No. Um, I feel like I'm good enough to play an 11 on 11 football. And so um, we talked about that when I got back here with uh, Shanahan. And um, basically, I told him, I'm like, hey, I feel good enough and confident enough that if I got into an 11 on 11 situation, I could make every throw. And um, so that's the conversation that we had. And they gave me the green light to go out there and, and, and go. And obviously, the medical staff told them and they've been with me this whole time throwing in the offseason they gave Shanahan the green light to hey he's good enough to do it and they've seen me throw so we've all been on the same page the whole time but um yeah I feel good enough to to play football right now at camp 11 on 11 still got to work up volume and, and just continue to get better every day I feel good enough to play 11 on 11 football right now at camp yeah. so clearly he doesn't I feel- cannot be touched Right. Like he doesn't feel like he's totally good to play in a regular season game right now. And that's okay. By the way, I'm not freaking out about that. He literally was injured 179 days ago. So that's okay. But clearly I think he's telling you there, he's not totally back to where he was. Yeah. And this is my question, right? Let's say we're a couple weeks into this thing and he's still missing a lot of easy wide open passes that he was not missing last year, or mm-hmm. he's just not looking the same. At what point do we hear that it's now a quarterback competition between either Sam Darnold and Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? Will we hear that, hear that at all? Or will Kyle Shanahan be stubborn like he normally is? But also, this is my actual question to you. If Trey Lance ends up getting into this discussion of mm-hmm. competing with Brock Purdy for the starting job, will you put more weight on that Trey Lance is just way overperformed and they can't not let him compete? Or would you put more weight on that Brock Purdy is underperforming and they need to see what else they have? I would put more weight on Trey's killing it because that's what you drafted him for. That's what the hope was with him. With Brock Purdy, say what you want. He's still the last pick in the draft. Like, if you told me that Brock Purdy never gets back to the level he played at last year and it just doesn't happen for him, I don't even look at that as a disappointment. Remember, no final pick in the draft quarterback had ever even started a single game in NFL history. Brock started five in a row, won all five, threw at least two touchdowns in every single game, and played in a couple playoff games as well. His career, as far as I'm concerned, that's a success from where he was picked. So if you're telling me that he never gets back there, that's not a shock to me necessarily. I would be way more excited and put way more stock in Trey fulfilling some of the potential that we think he has. So I was listening to you and Grant on today's episode that was posted, and you both seem to believe there is a chance that Trey Lance could steal the starting job from Brock Purdy. I don't know if that's a possibility. Do you really truly believe that it is? Not only do I believe it, I believe it even more now as we record this on Thursday night after the second practice than I do when I was with Grant. And here's why. Listen to Grant Cohn and Brock Purdy after practice today. Has Kyle Shanahan told you 
that barring any setbacks, you will start week one against Pittsburgh? Uh, no, we haven't had any you know, kind of conversation like that. It's, hey, how can I be great today at practice? Let's get these reps. Let's get the mental reps, um, and let's continue to grow. You know, Obviously, what we put on tape last year was great and all, um, but there's still a lot of, of areas where I have to grow and get better and stuff. So um, that's just where we're at. We're not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. Kyle Shanahan has not told Brock Purdy he's the starter week one in Pittsburgh, which why wouldn't he, right? All we heard, Brock's the leader in the clubhouse. It's look what Brock put on tape. We love Brock, 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 Brock. But yet Kyle hasn't said, hey, you're the guy. Just get healthy. You're the guy. Wouldn't you think you would want to do that to a young quarterback, inexperienced, coming off a major injury? Wouldn't you want to tell him, hey, just get healthy. You're our guy. And yet Kyle hasn't done that. It is interesting with all all the narrative we've heard this entire offseason. It's like Trey Lance is never mentioned. It's always Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy. And it's like Trey Lance is an afterthought. And now I feel like in these first two days of training camp, everyone's like, praise Trey. Like, we want Trey. <laughs> I don't know where, like, how it shifted so fast. And it does feel like there is more hope that Trey could be the guy than there was just even a week ago when we were talking. Yep. But I don't know how you say this entire offseason that like Brock, this is Brock Purdy's job if he comes back healthy and then he comes back healthy to start <laughs> the training camp yep. and all of a sudden it's not his job anymore. I will say you will, you know, it will not be fair to me. What? I wanted you to ask what? If Trey Lance starts week one against the Steelers and I have to decide between rooting for Trey Lance to be good because I want him to be good if he gets the start. Like, I really want him to be good. Or my Steelers looking good. That's not fair. Like, I need both things to happen, but I don't know how both things could happen. I think in that scenario, what you have to do is you root for Trey Lance to have a good game, but you root for Pittsburgh to win. But does it matter then if Trey Lance has a good game? Because all the team cares about and all fans care about is the win. And they're going to be like, see, we can't win with Trey Lance. Yep, I know. Brock Purdy never lost. Why are we going to go with Trey? <laughs> it's a no-win situation, honestly, for him. Unless they have to win every game and he has to play great. Uh, it's it's a very, like, it's a high-wire act that he has to do. But just the Maybe fact Sam Darnold can play week one and I can just be all out for the Steelers. Just the fact that Kyle hasn't told him yet. Like, I, to me, the door is open. You know, and Mayoko was the one that said, nothing Trey Lance does in practice can win in the job because Brock did it in games. Well, then why hasn't he told Brock that he's the starter? That's my, so maybe it is open. And if I'm Trey Lance, I go into this, like, I just got to kill it. Every day I have to kill it. And, you know, me, I'm going to make it really hard for them to bench me. That's my job, whether you think I'm the number three, number two, whatever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, and another thing in Grant's article I found very interesting is he put, he said that Kyle Shanahan was one of the losers of so far through two days of training camp because of this quarterback competition. He says it's bringing down all three guys. It's making all three worse with Brock Purdy, with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, because 
their confidence is shot. They're too worried to make a mistake because they know, oh my goodness, if I make a mistake, then another guy's going to come in and get all the chances and Kyle Shanahan's going to be over me, you know? And I, I could see that. And you don't want a quarterback to play scared. Like that's the worst way to be mentally when you're playing the quarterback position. And I, I think that's why. Brock Purdy probably was able to be so, so successful last year. There was nothing behind him. I mean, it's it's his team. There was nothing, nothing else. There was nothing to lose. I'm just going to play my game, not worry about anything else. There is literally nothing to lose. While Trey Lance, you know, had everything to lose because Jimmy Garoppolo was sitting right behind him. Always. It is a totally different mental capacity you have there when playing the quarterback position and, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm interested that Grant thinks this way. That because sometimes quarterback competition can bring out the best of you, but it's interesting that he thinks what he's seeing is that it's doing the opposite. I don't like what's happening right now, and I I want to first say that if Kyle, you know, is just doing this before they put the pads on, just to to see, just to experiment, whatever. Okay, I guess. But once the pads come on, you got to fix this. Like Grant said that Trey Lance was literally waiting 20 minutes between on-field reps. How are you supposed to get into any sort of rhythm whatsoever when you go 20 minutes between throws? That's insane. And he's doing it to get Brandon freaking Allen more passes in camp. Like they had the same number of passes today in practice. Eight. Like that's insane. You know Brandon Allen's not starting Right. Six Ah. round, 31 year old Brandon out. No, no. The only reason that I think he's doing this is because he knows they're trading Trey Lance and Brandon Allen's going to be the number three quarterback, because otherwise, why would you do that? And here's my my point. Matt Mayoko said after practice that Brock Purdy got more reps today in this one practice than he got all of last year in camp. And what was Brock Purdy in camp last year? the number three quarterback. So what the hell are the 49ers doing? Why would you then give all these reps to Brandon out? He's not going to play. He's not going to start like what? Come on. He's not even going to be the backup. So I don't like what Kyle Shanahan is doing. I think you're, you're taking reps away from, from Trey or hell, even from Sam. Now he's put me in a position where I'm defending Sam Darnold, which is insane. I don't like what he's doing. Cut the shit, Kyle. But what team's possibly going to trade for Trey Lance at this moment? I think their there's hope not, there's not any options. Their hope, I think, is that they up his stock this preseason and that somebody's interested. They show him the joint practice tape with the Raiders. But maybe who, he looks healthy. Who? Maybe there's nobody that's there. looking for a quarterback right now. I don't know. Mike Silver reported that the the best offer they got for Trey Lance before the draft was a fifth round pick. So somebody was interested in him. I don't know who the hell it was. And it was, you know, I think it was before or during the draft, which obviously we've had the draft teams have drafted quarterbacks and signed quarterbacks and whatever, but somebody was interested. And maybe the Texans though, with D'Amico Ryans, they could have been him. And then they took CJ Stroud. Like they were planning on trying to trade, you know, they were looking into trades and stuff like that. And they were the number two spot and they don't get Bryce Young. They could have definitely called up about Trey Lance and said, we'll send you a five. And that could have been the this issue now is everyone has their guy. And even if they might not be great this year, they're going into the season with this. Like, this is what they're planning on. They're not going to switch it up now, switch up their entire offense, switch up everything. Unless there's a, like today with the Joe Burrow injury, if that ended up being something super serious. Send Brandon Allen back to Cincinnati. (laughs) Yeah. 
Trey Lance could have been, well, no, not Brandon Allen, but like Trey Lance could have been a guy that they traded a third rounder for or something to not give up their entire year when this is like, Right. And Super to be Bowl clear, game. I'm not saying good that Joe Burrow is hurt. I'm I don't want Joe Burrow hurt. I don't want anybody hurt. Well, and it it's just like, a calf strain. So yeah, it's fine. Which yeah. is awesome, which is very good because that shifts the whole AFC mm-hmm. like in a huge, huge way. Um, but I was just saying, you know, it's an opportunity. Brandon Allen was the backup to the Bengals last year. You can have him right back and feel comfortable. But I don't know who that suitor is, but otherwise it doesn't make any sense to to take reps away from Trey Lance. It's absurd. It is absurd. Like the 49ers are, maybe they're going through a little bit of shell shock last year because they went through so many quarterbacks. So now they feel like, oh my God, we got to get reps to all these guys. But this is backwards thinking. Honestly, it really, really is. You have to give people repetitions. Think of Trey Lance's football experience like somebody that was thirsty on a desert island, right? You haven't had a drink in a week. If you rescue that person from the island, you're not going to say, hey, wait for six more weeks and then we'll give you a drink. You're going to hand the person a damn drink of water because they haven't had any and it's killing them. That's how Trey Lance is with football reps. So to split reps with him and take reps away and have him wait 20 minutes between reps on the sideline and OTA or in training camp is ridiculous. It's the complete opposite of what he needs. But yet the 49ers have shown him again and again and again his development is not their priority. It's not, but also Kyle Shanahan has shown again and again and again, he's going to do it his way. He does not care and he's going to be stubborn. So no, it does not make any sense that Brandon Allen is getting snaps, but I don't see him changing this now because it's Kyle Shanahan and he doesn't care what other people think. And he doesn't care what's best for his team. I feel like honestly, like he cares what he thinks is best. It doesn't necessarily mean it's best, but he truly believes it. And that's why he's doing it. I, maybe he's scarred from having to go through so many quarterbacks that he knows Brandon Allen might have to get into a game, even if he's the fourth quarterback and he's getting him some reps, but like, this isn't the time to do that. It's it's just not the time. You put Brandon Allen on the freaking practice squad, and you know what? If somebody takes him from you, you live with it because he's it's Brandon, Brandon Allen. <laughs> right. Like, what are we talking about here, Kyle Shanahan? But he's such a quarterback polygamist that he just can't ever devote himself to one person. It's frigging, he can't even commit to Brock. Like, okay, but this hell? is the annoying part because everyone, this is what I keep getting like hooked back to right so everyone's like okay the shanahan's are so good where they it doesn't matter what quarterback they have it doesn't matter what running back they have they can do it with anybody yet there's no one that spends more resources on running back position than the 49ers and then they traded a gazillion picks for trey lance it's like if you like you're not taking advantage of the things that you can do so well because you're still spending on these other guys like the one of the biggest disappointments through two days so far of training camp, Ty Davis price, like, <laughs> another wasted third round running back. What are you doing? You're right. If you have this ability to get production out of guys that are not highly picked or highly drafted, why do you keep investing draft pick resources in those things? It's, it is counterintuitive. And that's why I thought like, Hey, maybe Kyle learned his lesson with Jimmy Garoppolo that I do need to find one of these elite guys. And that's why they gave up so many picks to go get another quarterback. But if you look at the way he's acted, he, that's clearly not his thinking. And again, if they switch it up when the pads come out, okay. 
you know, Kyle said that he was impressed by Brandon Allen during the mini camp and that he earned more reps. And maybe this is Kyle's way of saying, Hey, here's the more reps you earn. But once we get serious with the pads coming on, I'm going to get serious with how I divide up the reps. But right now I think it stinks and I think it's a mistake. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anything, anytime Brandon Allen touches the ball is a wasted snap. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a waste of snap enough with Sam Darnold, but if you really bring it all the way down to Brandon Allen, like stop it. Right. Stop yeah. it. It should be Brock and Trey, and that's it. If you want to throw Sam in there, okay, but Brandon Allen should get no snaps. He should get no snaps. Hold the clipboard, squirt the water bottle in somebody else's mouth. The Brandon Steelers Allen. took a quarterback in the draft last year. Um, it was Kenny Pickett in the first round, and then their last round pick, they took a quarterback. And it was like a really super mo- – I can't even think of his name at this point because that's how irrelevant he is. But right. he he didn't get a single snap throughout the entire training camp. Like, I think we were like in the last week of training camp, and he hadn't had a single snap yet. <laughs> that so would people be were like, why did they take him? But it's just one of those things like fourth – the fourth-string quarterback doesn't get snaps. No snaps for Chris Oladokun. Yes, that's who it was. That's who it was. Thank you. Definitely didn't just Google that right now. I knew it right off the top of my head. <laughs> um, it's crazy to me. It's absurd. But we'll see how it plays out. But hopefully it changes. But, yeah, somebody's got to talk sense to Kyle. And it hasn't happened yet. So you're right. We shouldn't anticipate that changing. A couple other things beyond the quarterbacks. Once again, training camp hero Javon Kinlaw. The hype train has started for Javon Kinlaw. And Grant's all like, oh, I'm rooting for Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, because the man threatened you, Grant. Of course you're rooting for him now. What's your other option? Yeah, he's just saying that so he can, like, save face in case he is good. Like, if he ends up still being bad, he can be like, see, guys, I told you. But now if he gets on his train, he can be like, see, guys, like, I I ended up liking Javon Kinlaw. So he's, like, playing it safe here. He's hedging his bets. I know what you're doing, Grant. We see you. We see you, 4K. Um, look, I would love it if Javon Kinlaw was good. I just don't think his body is going to hold up. His knee has been a chronic problem since college. He's had multiple surgeries on it. I, we hear this every year. Oh, he's healthy now. He's healthy now. Okay. The problem is he doesn't stay healthy for very long. So I hope that he's good because if he is good and he lives up to the potential that he had, that would be incredible for that 49ers defensive line. Who was what? the wide receiver slash tight end or whatever guy that was supposed to be like every year the 49ers were like, he's going to be so good. Jalen Hurd. Yes. Yes. He's like him, but on the defensive side of the ball. Pretty much. He actually shout out to Jalen Hurd. Just signed with the Patriots. Good luck to you, buddy. Um, but yeah, I just, I would love it again. I'm rooting for Javon Kinlaw, but I'm not going to get excited because he looks good on day two of training camp. Like we have a long way to go before we even get to the regular season. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was hurt by then. So let's take it one day at a time with Javon Kinlaw. The thing is that hurt guys get hurt apparently Mm -hmm. because Kadarius Tony of the chiefs totally off. I know the 49ers conversation, but in the fantasy world, we were all talking like, can he make it through training camp without getting injured? Like, this was the big question. Like, can he make it through? And it turns out he couldn't even make it through the first day. <laughs> couldn't even make it through the first day. And now he's out the rest of training camp. It is Ooh. wild. Like, I know a lot of the doctors or physical therapists want to say injury prone isn't a thing. And maybe that's sure true. Is. But for some, some of these guys, it just seems like their body cannot hold up in the NFL. And it just, that's what's happening. Injury prone is absolutely a thing. A thousand percent. 
Because some dudes are like immune to it. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning played every friggin' snap. Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady. I granted Tom Brady had the one year with the ACL, but for the most part, the dude never missed the game. Some guys, for whatever reason, don't get hurt or manage to play through it. And some guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, Javon Kinlaw, Kadarius Tony, Jim, uh, whoever you want to pick, they just they can't hold up, and that's it sucks. But that's the reality of it. We've seen it with our own eyes. So uh, what tra- what side of the train are you on here with Christian McCaffrey? Is he injury prone or what, did he just have two bad, unlucky years? So he's really interesting because like the first three years of his career, never missed anything, was there for all of it. Then had two years back to back where he was very hurt. And then last year played every game. So he's a weird case. I was a little worried because he practiced the first practice, and then he didn't practice. And I was like, oh, I don't know. What, what are they going to do with him? But he was back out there uh, yesterday, so that's Running good. backs don't need to practice every day. I mean, what yeah, are you doing? Especially without pads. Like, they can't touch you. What are you doing? Well, this is my big thing this year. I am buying big time into the Debo Samuel resurgence. And so if that is the case, it becomes less important for Christian McCaffrey to play every game. Because if you can get the Debo that's a hell of a lot closer to 2021 Debo than last year's Debo, he can make up for, he can pick up the slack for Christian McCaffrey if McCaffrey has to miss a couple of games. I am way on board Debo in 2023. You think the weight loss is going to help him a ton? Yes, I think all of it. In fact, let's listen to Debo talk about his offseason pretty good for me um I say this is probably like the best shape that I've been in since I since 2019 year um you know you got that long time of working out long time of preparation and like I took them 40 days away and really got to it and got to where I wanted to be you feel faster yes sir feel kind of faster lighter on my feet like easier to change direction what did you do different this season this off season um really locked in um me and my girl took like one trip right when OTA was over. And then after that, I was kind of locked in in Arizona. Uh, I think the heat kind of played a part in that too, because Arizona is hot. So <laughs> had a great trainer, uh, Nick Hill. I mean, we was doing a lot of running, a lot of cardio, a lot of like kind of stuff to kind of trim the fat a little bit. Um, a lot of track working out. Then I got into a routine of, you know, um, flexibility, mobility, and then it got into a boxing a little bit. So basically like he lost weight. It's yeah. pretty much he actually trained in the off season, which on the one hand, that's awesome. And I'm excited because we've seen what he can do when he's in top shape. On the other hand, like, dude, what the hell were you doing the other years? Like, congrats on doing your job. It may not just be just the training either. I mean, when it, it it's mostly the diet, right? And if he's losing weight, that means he's focusing on his diet plus the training because it doesn't matter how much you train if you're a little bit heavier. It's going to be harder to go faster. That's just like the case. That's why we're amazed when these guys run forties, when they're super heavy, because it's like, well, that's a really hard thing to do. So that's great for him that he feels faster. I think that's super important because they need to be able to utilize him deeper down the field. Like he can't just be this gadget player last year, his route depth. So like on average, how far was he running down the field when he was running routes, 6.7 yards. So extremely low in 2021, when he put up 1400 yards, his average route depth was 10.2. 
That is a massive difference. They need to be utilizing him. Just, I'm not saying as a deep threat, like you have other guys on the team. He doesn't have to be the deep threat, but he should be able to get some intermediate routes in there. And it doesn't have to be all so close to the line of scrimmage or five yards away. Like they need to get him further down. You use him as a real wide receiver and maybe his weight was the issue last year. He couldn't create separation or maybe he wasn't fast enough and hopefully him dropping some pounds and feeling faster and lighter will allow him to do that. And keep this in mind too, with Debo Samuel, most of his receiving yards from 2021 came in the first nine games. So he ended up with 1,405 total receiving yards. He had 979 of those yards in the first nine games. So that's basically like 70% of his yards in that first part of the season before they started using him as a running back. So he was kicking ass strictly as a wide receiver in the first part of the year. That's what he can hopefully get back to. And that's why I was really encouraged to have, to hear him say change of direction specifically, because to me, what that tells me is he feels like he's going to be able to get himself open more. And I think that would lead to what you're talking about running deeper routes down the field, because Kyle actually has confidence and faith that he can get open instead of having to run constant, like quick slants and screen passes, because that's the only way he can get him the ball. And apparently it wasn't working last year either. Like these short <laughs> routes weren't making it any better for him. It wasn't like, let's get the ball in his hands. Cause he's so good after the catch. Like we just want to get it in his hands. It wasn't working because he had a 59.6 catch percentage last year. Yeesh. That is so low for, I mean, that's so low for anybody, but that's really low for him. He was at 70% his rookie year, 75 in 2020. It was at 64 in 2021. Um, and then all the way to 59 last year. But his expected catch percentage, according to Next Gen, was supposed to be 70. So he had a negative 11.1 catch rate over expectation wow. last year. He needs to like, and maybe it was because defenders were right there. I mean, they were blowing him up the second. He got the ball because they used him over and over and over the exact same way. So Kyle, I I think his last year struggles was part him, right? He didn't bring himself in in good enough shape. He didn't train well enough. He wasn't prepared for last season. And then part Kyle Shanahan in the way he used him. I think both need to get better this year in terms of just making Debo Samuel the best player that he can be. And I, I hope we see it on both sides. Oh, please, please, please. And honestly, like, I don't even care if they use him as a running back that much. I really don't. Like, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, you've got Elijah Mitchell. When Elijah Mitchell goes down, you've got Jordan Mason. If Jordan Mason gets hurt, give me uh, Cameron Laybourne or High Davis Price or whoever. Like, I really want to see Debo make an impact as a wide receiver. Because if he's a true receiving threat and Ayuk is as good as he has been reported to be and the, the Brandon Ayuk love continues to flow in from players and people that have seen him and all that stuff. And Kittle can be the threat around the goal line with Brock Purdy that he was at the end of last season. The sky is the limit for this offense. They could put together, they could have a historical year in terms of franchise records. And that's saying something given the offensive history of this organization. So you think you think whatever quarterback's going to be throwing to them will break the record then? Well, I don't know if he's going to break the individual record, but I think like for total team points scored in a season, I think the 49ers absolutely could shatter that record. 
with all the weapons they have, and if they get consistent play at quarterback from whoever the hell is back there, there's no reason why they can't. They literally have all pros at receiver, tight end, and running back on the field at the same time. Well, yeah, they are the most loaded. Like, they have so many weapons. And the NFC is not loaded, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're going to be playing against a bunch of tough teams that are going to make this hard for them to score against. It it, it should. It just depends on do they do their typical 49ers thing where they start the season super slow and then pick it up. But if you start the season with all these weapons, there is no reason to start slow. Absolutely not. There's no reason to start slow. The schedule works out in their favor early in the year. Like, figure it out, man. Just stop it. Like, get the offensive line together. Huddle these guys up. There's not even that many changes. There's one difference on the offensive line this year. They shouldn't need four or five weeks to gel. That's what this time is for now. Get to the gelling right now so that when you get to the regular season, you hit the ground running. Because if you start out strong, you're going to put yourself in position to get a first round by then you sort of set yourself up to where that game against the Eagles later in the year that could be for the number one seed that only happens if you get your stuff together early in the year and they really should be fighting for this number one seed I, I guess it does come down to who's starting at quarterback and we still have those whole questions and if Brock Pur- Purdy is the definite starter in week one is he healthy enough it, it could come down to that but they ha- they just have way too talented of a team to not be fighting for that number one spot. And it is so important that the game, let's say they're really good next year. I guess we're jumping the gun here. And let's say the Eagles are really good again next year. It is so important that the NFC championship would go through San Francisco instead Mm -hmm. of the team having to travel East or anywhere cold. A that would just not optimal or, but like, even if the Cowboys end up finally being good, like you just don't want to have to travel. You want it to go through your house and it would be awesome to just see them dominate all year. You don't need to go through these stretches where you struggle. Your team is too good for that. It should be. I feel like I'm whining today a lot. No, that that happens (laughs) because we've seen like what should happen and what does happen. There's a big gulf in there sometimes and it's frustrating. That's all. But anyway, that was were some of my thoughts. I'm, I usually don't fall for like training camp hero stories. And that's why I'm not in on Javon Kinlaw. I was never in on the Trent Taylor stuff, but Debo is not like some scrub guy that they're trying to pump up. Like yeah. I've seen him dominate and to hear him say, number one, I was awful last year. And number two, I fixed it this year by, by working my ass off in the off season. That is encouraging to me. Cause the, the only thing that stops Debo is Debo. Do you think that Debo has a better chance? Okay, let's say this is my thing. Because so you think Debo's going to be great. You think Ayuk's going to be great. We know mm-hmm. CMC is going to be great. You know, you also think George Kittle's going to be great. Can they really all be great? No, they can't. They can all be really good NFL players, but they can't all put up huge numbers. Like it's just not possible. Like you're just not going to do it all on the same team. But do you think that? for both wide receivers to have a really good season, who would be the better quarterback for them to get that done? Would it be Trey Lance or would it be Brock Purdy? It's a good question. Uh, Brock really hasn't played, uh, excuse me, Trey really hasn't played that much with Debo. Um, he's played a decent amount with Ayuk. Ayuk's put up some good games. I Here's the thing. I don't think they can all have big yardage seasons because I agree with you. Like Kyle just goes away from guys depending on his defensive game plan. It'll be a Kittle week or a Debo week or an Ayuk week. But I think they can all put up 10 touchdowns. I don't think that's crazy. 
Because I think this team. So one of the quarterbacks has thrown 40 touchdowns this year. Plus, Oh, absolutely. I think that absolutely could happen. Okay. Brock, Brock threw two touchdowns in every start he had in the regular season last year. At least two. Josh, like, I mean, the second leaders last year were Josh Allen and Joe Burrow with 35 passing touchdowns last year. Yep. Because I don't think, think Brock Purdy's going to put up have, 40. Yes, because I don't think you have to be like especially great to throw a lot of touchdowns. You could be bad for most of a drive and throw a two-yard checkdown pass and get a touchdown. And the you have Niners to be pretty good to put up 40 touchdowns. I mean, the list of quarterbacks who have done that are it's not great. very long. There's only like five or so, well, maybe it's a little longer now, but for a uh, long it's, time, yeah, it's it's a lot more than five or six. But still, you you have to be good. Well, the other advantage that Brock has is that like really Niners good. are so good after the catch. Right. So you could throw a ball 30 yards away from the end zone that ends up becoming a touchdown because Kittle and Debo and I, you can CMC just make a bunch of dudes miss and break one off for a touchdown. I don't think it's crazy to think that Brock Purdy could throw for 40 touchdowns this year, or whoever the quarterback is. Right. I really don't. I mean, this is the entire list. So it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can guess them. Okay. Okay. 40 touchdowns in a year. Dan Marino. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Peyton Manning. Yes. Tom Brady. Yes. Matthew Stafford. Yes. Andrew Luck. Yes. How many more do I have? Well, now you did it. Okay. Well, at least you have two more or three more, three more, three more. Oh, Mahomes. Yes. Um, 40 is a lot. Did Dante Culpepper do it? No. Ah, uh, damn. Okay. Who are the others? Kurt Warner and Russell Wilson both did it one time. Russ had 40. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's not that many. I did pretty good there. Wait, did you say Drew Brees? No. Okay. Well, Drew Brees too. He did it twice. Okay. So I had four. I guys. had it in alphabetical order ready to go down. So then when you're in. Sorry, I was thinking chronologically. Um, yeah. No. You did good though. You did really good. I, I'm not saying that Brock Purdy can't, but this list is very impressive of a lot of guys who are, who will be in the hall of fame besides like Andrew Luck because his career was cut short and. Matthew Stafford shouldn't be in it and maybe not Russell Wilson <laughs> if he doesn't pick it back up. But like, this is a really impressive list of guys here. It's not easy to hit 40. Only Patrick Mahomes did it last year. And he was the only one who even got close to doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, like Joe Burrow has amazing weapons too. And Joe Burrow is 10 times better than Brock Purdy, no matter how good Brock Purdy is. Agreed. All right. So you're going to, what do you have to do if Brock Purdy doesn't even throw 30? Cause you're guessing 40. I'm saying he could throw 40. If he throws 30, I'll be happy. 49ers quarterback has not thrown 30 touchdowns. 30 is great. 30, if you said 30, I would be all on board. I would take it right now. 30 is a doable number, and I think it's a respectful number. And that's what Geno Smith had last year, 30. He could do 30 for sure in a good offensive system, 30. That's less than two touchdowns a game. But 40 is insane. 40 would be, I mean, 40 would be amazing, but I don't think it's impossible I would sign for 30 right now. Absolutely. 40 means that after next season, you are paying Brock Purdy $55 million a year. If well, he throws 40, 40 oh, touchdowns this year, you're going to do that. Well, no. Oh, yeah, because I can't pick up his fifth-year option, so you'd have to franchise him or, or work out a long-term deal. Um, that's fine. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, man. That That's a – I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if Brock Purdy throws for 40 touchdowns, that's the last of our worries. Uh, that would be insane. I think you're – Think you're you have your goggles on? You have your 49ers I'm goggles not on. Predicting it. I'm saying it's possible. Okay. 
Uh, the other thing that hurts them is the Niners run the ball so much. So he would get less, uh, he would have fewer opportunities to throw those touchdowns because if they get close, Kyle's going to try and run it in. Yeah. You, you better have Christian McCaffrey really low in your rankings if you think Purdy <laughs> is thrown for 40. That's funny that you think I make rankings. Um, True. Beyond that, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Oh, I like this. Uh, Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator, said they want Eric Armstead to be a defensive tackle, not a defensive end. Yes, for the love of God. Yeah. Yes, he can't rush the passer from defensive end. Please keep him inside. I love it. They recognize that. That's why the Kinlaw stuff could be so huge, right? If you had Armstead and Javon Hargrave on the inside and you have Bosa and Drake Jackson, and then when you sub, if you sub one of those guys out and you're bringing in uh, Javon Kinlaw, that's pretty good at defensive tackle. Like, holy crap. Now you got a second unit on the defensive line. That's amazing. So that would be great for the depth of the team. I think but- that's Kinlaw's best role right now. Like don't depend on him as a starter, but he can yep. come in and rotate when they, when Eric Armstead or um, Hargrave needs a break, right? That's perfect for him. Absolutely go up against a tired, maybe a tired offensive line, lessen the stress on your own body. Perfect. That's the role for you. Also, Steve Wilkes is doing a ton of um, hands-on coaching with the defensive backs because he's a secondary coach. That's his specialty. I love that. I love hearing that. He's coaching Mooney Ward. He's coaching all these guys. That's great because the 49ers secondary gave up a ton of huge plays. I think they led the league in 50-yard pass plays allowed last year. They need that. Fred Warner, he's good. Dre Greenlaw, he's good. The defensive line, they're good. We need to focus on the secondary. The Niners haven't had that. So I love hearing that. And again, maybe that's like training camp puffery that I'm falling for. I admit I could be, but I still liked hearing it. Yeah, their secondary is, you know, that's always something I fall back on too, where I'm just like, that's that's my biggest worry. And it doesn't see it didn't matter last year because their pass rush was so good with Nick Bosa. But what if something were to happen or what if their pass rush isn't as good or just why can't like, why can't we want a good pass rush plus a really good secondary and then just be on unsa- Like you can ask for both things, right? So uh, yeah, I definitely think the secondary was a huge weakness last year and their inabilities or just kind of their weaknesses were kind of hidden by how good the pass rush was and how quickly they got to opposing quarterbacks. So everything was rushed a little bit, but that is something that needs to be better this year. They allowed way too many wide open targets last season. It was very, very frustrating at times when they actually didn't get to the quarterback and the secondary had to defend. I sent you a text a little while. I think that's last week. That was fascinating to me because we've talked about Diamador Lenore a few times and you've said that you're a little worried. And I said that, you know, he was playing better down the stretch just to illustrate that Lenore allowed a passer rating of over a hundred in his coverage seven times during the regular season last year. But then you get to the playoffs against the best competition and the best quarterbacks and Lenore's passer ratings allowed were 20.8, 39.3 and 39.6. Now, is that just a small sample size? Is that him realizing something, you know, turning a corner and maybe, you know, getting that experience? I don't know, but that is a drastic difference. And I did mean to look up on next gen to kind of see there, like how much was he targeted? How much was he playing? Who was he on? 
And those kind of stats to really see if that matters at all. It could matter a ton. Like maybe he was locking down Devonta Smith or AJ Brown. Like maybe it, it did mean a ton. It could mean absolutely nothing until I look into the context of that. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't do that. I should have. I forgot. He did have, he had a pick against Seattle in the playoffs and he had a pick against the Cowboys. Cause I remember when he caught the second interception in the Cowboy game, he held up two fingers like, Hey, this is my second one. And I loved what, uh, D'Amico Ryan's told him basically is guys are coming at you. So you're going to have the opportunity to make big plays and change the game, but you have to take advantage of it. And at least in the playoffs he did. And we'll see, you know, what the hell happens at the, in the regular season. I actually also saw a tweet that Jair Brown was working at the nickel spot a little mm. bit. So that was kind of interesting too. I, I think the 49ers would love to have three safeties on the field this year, but I'm just happy that Wilkes well, they tried there. that last year, right? With Ward. Well, Ward, yeah, I mean, he he also played corner in his career with the 49ers, so he was kind of like both, but I think that's what they were going for, yeah. But uh, I just like that Wilkes is mixing it up in the secondary because you yeah. got to evolve your – even your defensive schemes got to evolve. And, and you know, uh, Ryan's put his spin on it when he took over for Sala, and hopefully Wilkes, Wilkes's big thing will be the secondary. Are you worried at all going from Wilkes to – going from Ryan to Wilkes? A little, um, especially because Kyle told Tim Kawakami on a podcast that basically he hired Steve Wilkes because he wouldn't have to change anything else about the defense. He Wilkes ran a system with four down linemen, and he basically interviewed with all the other defensive coaches on the staff because they really didn't change anybody else on the staff except the coordinator. So, you know, does that mean you're hiring the best person for the job or are you hiring the best person that, you know, runs the scheme you want to run? I don't know. But I've said in the past that Kyle knows a ton about defense and I don't think he'll ever have a bad defensive coordinator because I think Kyle can tell when a guy's BSing him, basically. I mean, apparently he's pretty good at hiring them, right? Right. Like His he last made... two have gotten head coaching jobs. Not not a bad track record there. Yeah. And D'Amico Ryan's had never done much of anything. They hired him as a position coach and then bam, he immediately hired him as a D coordinator the first second he got. And he was dead right. Like he was a great, great defensive coordinator. So... I'm not worried. I wouldn't say I'm worried. Uh, I'm anxious to see what happens, but that's the fun of where we are right now. By the way, before we go really quick, how about my boy, Jake Moody, five of five in practice today. Ominum. Zane Gonzalez was one of one. Like, what are they? Why is he on the team? Well, at least he made five of five. So they don't have to stress about what Zane Gonzalez is doing. Right. Yeah. Because even if Zane makes all his kicks, Moody makes all his kicks. He wins. Yeah. Ty goes to Jake Moody. Yeah. But uh, so at least that's good. We're not even we a slight loss up. goes to Moody. Yeah, that's true. But uh, there you go. So it's mostly good news. The thing I'm most worried about is injuries. Uh, Jalen Ramsey carted off. He's going to need surgery. He's going to miss, you know, a bunch of time. Joe Burrow got carted off. Now, luckily, it looks like Joe Burrow is going to be OK. Garrett Wilson hurt his ankle. So, like, guys are getting hurt out there. Just please, 49ers, please get through these pre-padded practices healthy. That's the biggest thing, because we're already seeing so many huge injuries with Jalen Ramsey now out till December for the Dolphins already, with Joe Burrow going down with, luckily, just a cast strain, because it looked like it could have been something more major. But we're seeing these injuries come down already. Kadarius Tony is going to miss the whole offseason. I mean, that's not a surprise or anything. Just please, 49ers, stay healthy. That's really what matters. There's nothing worse than a season feeling like 
you lost a major piece that was going to be such a big part of your big run before it even starts. So just stay healthy. Hopefully they will. They seem to be taking it easy. Um, Brock went into great detail about his rehab plan and how they worked it out. And like, to me, everything he described was like exactly how you would want that process to go. And we know the 49ers have not always had the, the best track record when it comes to rehab and guys with setbacks, but it sounds like everything they're doing is great. Luckily, knock on wood. I don't think this desk is actually wood, but it looks like wood. So I'm knocking on it. Um, everybody stays healthy and we can get this thing rolling. Michelle, what are your big weekend plans? You got anything going on? My sister's in town and I go oh, pick her up from the airport in the morning. That's yeah, why we're recording yeah. on Thursday night instead of Friday. So we're just going to be having a blast all weekend long. I'm so excited. She's my favorite person in the world besides Kate, my wife. Uh, so I get to hang out with both my favorite people in the entire world this week. And I'm so Mimosas excited. are going to be flowing. Oh, mimosas, baby. Bloody Marys. Espresso <laughs> martinis. Living Ooh, a life. White Claw? Oh, of course. White Claw will be like the, you know, the water of the weekend. Palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so excited. We're going to go to an Astros game on Sunday. Very cool. Who are they playing? Uh, the, the Rays. Oh, not bad. Rays have kind of come back to earth a little bit, but that's very yeah. cool. I don't uh, care who they're playing. I'm just excited to go to a baseball game. I, I really like rooting for the Astros, but I don't really know. It's very unlike the NFL. Like I don't know anything about any other team. I barely even know the players on the Astros besides the big names. And that's about it. But I enjoy watching it. Do you agree with me that the single best food you can get in any baseball stadium is the ice cream and the batting helmet? No, I like the chicken fingers. Chicken fingers? Yeah. They always have really good chicken tenders at baseball stadiums. So over super crispy and then like curly fries. Oh, yes. That's good. But I got to have ice cream in a helmet. I've I've been to like eight or nine major league stadiums. Ice cream in a helmet every single time. Like I haven't I gone I've ever gotten game. ice cream at a baseball game. What? A hot dog or I like salty foods. Yeah, but you can get more than one thing. Get both. For one gazillion dollars, I'm not rich here. Yeah, that is true. Well, I'm not rich as a person who shelled out four figures for Taylor Swift floor seats. Maybe that's why you're not oh, rich. Yeah, that's why I'm not rich, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, have a fantastic weekend. I'm going to do the same, although I honestly don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing. I'll be cutting 49ers content. And Will you leave your house? No. I'll be posting clips on YouTube. I'll be posting shorts. I'm writing for the website now, which go check out our website, goldstandardniners.com. There's stuff up there about Debo, stuff up there about Kyle Shanahan doing weird crap with the game planning that I don't like. Uh, but please go back and check off in goldstandardniners.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. <laughs>